Oh, sorry, we're not going to be back after this. We're going to go straight to covering um, what happened during the weekend's sport uh, because there was a huge sporting action both on and off the pitch at the weekend. So to discuss it all, I'm joined in studio by Gavin Cooney, who is a reporter with the 42.ie and a presenter of Behind the Lines podcast. And I'm also joined by sports journalist Kleena Foley. And thank you both very much for joining me this morning. Um, Kleena, I might start with yourself first because although there was action on the field, the main GAA club action in the affected counties of the local lockdown obviously didn't go ahead at the weekend so what does that all say about whether the GAA calendar will go ahead as planned? Well I think it, it definitely raises issues about you know expectations that it will definitely go as I, I think we're going to be ha- we're definitely going to see interruptions you could say that um, you know the the local in, in Leash Kildare and Offaly and I live in Kildare obviously there's a little bit a tiny bit of wriggle room in the in the club calendar that they can fit in the games that got cancelled at the weekend um, and the, those counties are due to talk to the GA today but actually I think there's more the bigger worry for the GA is the, the holding to the 200 and not extending the people that could go to matches to 500 last weekend because that means that county boards are not making money and the big question I suppose could come down the line is if, they, if they're not, if they're all only making 10 or 20% of what they'd normally be making, how are they going to afford to run an inter-county team and, how, and, and could potentially people pull out? So that's the sort of conversations that are having at the moment. What do you make of it, Gavin? Do you see an inter-county championship happening this year? It's so fragile, isn't it? Mm. I mean, everything changes week to week. I mean, one of the worst jobs in the GAA even prior to the pandemic was to arrange fixtures. So God help the people who have to do it now. So I, like, I honestly don't know. Like, the picture seems to change week to week. Um, what about larger crowds then, Cleena? A lot of talk about this uh, over the last couple of weeks in particular, you know, because yeah. you're outside and the bigger the stadium, you can actually have social distancing in those stadiums, but I suppose outside being the problem. Um, what's your thoughts? Should larger crowds be able to attend matches or are they sort of attending in some ways anyway? No, I, I think it would be possible. Um, I was at a, a match at the weekend um, in, in, my, in professional capacity, a women's, a women's National League soccer game, and it was very clear to see there was an, a COVID officer walking around asking people to make sure that they socially distanced, you know, checking where they were standing. All of that kind of thing was going on. Apparently in the GA, uh, they've had four, four million reportedly um, people have been uh, filling out their forms, their COVID forms before training and things like that. So, you know, you would look at it and say... Um, there are there are there are definitely cases at Cratlow uh, in Clare, Carberry in Kildare, Rathvilly in Carlow, and Balnebracchi in Meath have all recently said um, you know one of our pairs has tested positive. But what seems to be happening is that you would look and say the GA people in the GA are following the guidelines, and there does seem to me to be even the fact that the 200 includes the teams. Surely you could get you know 200 people at a, a venue. I was watching one um, one of the Mayo football games yesterday on TG Cahar. There was tons of room even outdoors for you know more people to be at that game. And the problem is if these if 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 it sticks to the 200, the problem is that the gate receipts are so small that county boards are going to struggle badly, and then that could actually have an effect, as I said, down the line on inter-county teams. Yeah, because I know the GAA Players Association have outlined a proposal to the GAA for the inter-county calendar to be altered to 23 weeks. Do you think that could work? Well, that's a yeah, that's a completely different argument. Um, that's to do with, if you like, where you can fit in the calendar in future. And I think um, I think there is a possibility, and it's really interesting to see that GA, the GA players themselves, the GPA, 
are now looking at the restructuring, if you like, the enforced restructuring of this season and saying, look, we could we, we could change the inter-county season long term. We could all get two months of a break. You know, everybody could manage this better. And I think that's something that's really being welcomed, actually. And it, there, it seems to be much more closely in line with the Club Players Association's ideas as well about splitting the year. And if anything good can come out of this pandemic this year, that is one thing that could possibly come out, the, re, the total reorganisation of the GA calendar. Um, to yourself then, Gavin, uh, there will only be one English team representing the Champions League quarterfinals. That's Manchester City and they face French side Lyon on Thursday. Mm, yeah, it's opening up for Manchester City to finally win this European Cup now. So it's uh, the competition has been adapted uh, where the quarterfinals and semifinals are usually two-legged ties. They're just one-off games and it's being played as a mini tournament in Lyon. So there's a string of great matches this week. But again, to go, it's like life and everything around it is fragile at the moment. So Atletico Madrid are due to play RB Leipzig on Thursday and they've had two player, sorry, two members of staff, be they playing staff or um, management staff, test positive for the virus. So there, there's going to be, a, there is another round of testing today in the squad. They haven't flown out to Lisbon yet. So God, fingers crossed uh, that the that things are okay and the game can go ahead. And I suppose this is really the unpredictability that we're going to see, isn't it? That these things are going to happen and will the games go ahead, will they not go ahead? It's the new norm. Yeah, exactly. And UEFA are going to do their damnedest to get it played. So the rules are, if you have 13 players, we play. So regardless of, even if they're youth team players or young players registered with the squad, we play. So they're going to try and get it played. So hopefully, I mean, there's all, like football has been, the calendar has been torn asunder and we've lost so many great games this year. So Mm. there's a string of great games this week that I've had on my calendar for a long time. So, I mean, fingers crossed. And the reality, um, Sarah, is that, you know, these teams are being cocooned in what, is it eight five-star hotels, um, Gavin, in in Lisbon. Mm. You know, you can control that at least, whereas that's a very different situation. Professional sport is a very different situation from amateur. Yeah, I just want to look at Ronnie O'Sullivan then because he was speaking to the BBC last night. He launched a savage attack on Snooker's next generation after beating Ding, Ding John Wee to book a World Championship quarterfinal clash against fellow veteran Mark Williams. And when Ronnie O'Sullivan was asked whether he was surprised that he and other veterans are still playing 25 years after his debut, this is what he had to say. Probably if you ask me then, no. But then when you look at the standard of play, then I'd say, yeah, you know, because like I said, you know, even people like me and John and Mark, you know, if you look at the younger players coming through, they're not that good really, do you know what I mean? And most of them are like, you know, wouldn't even, wouldn't even make, they'd, they'd probably do well as half decent amateurs, do you know what I'm saying? Re- well, not even amateurs, I mean, they're so bad that, you know, a lot of them that you see now, you just think, oh, you, you've got, to, you've got to, I've probably got to lose an arm and a leg to sort of fall outside the top 50, do you know what I mean? <laughs> So that's that's really sort of why we're kind of hovering still around because of the uh, just to have poor it is down that end, you know. Bit harsh, Gavin. I know. I mean, I can imagine if I was a young sneaker player coming through, I'd be greatly wounded by that, given I'd probably look up to Ronnie O'Sullivan. But the fan in the armchair viewer in me absolutely loves it. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's the total one-off. He's mercurial. He's also being slightly disingenuous because he's playing better than ever. I mean, he set a record in the time he won his first round match at the Crucible and he's into the quarterfinals now. And the fact that there are no fans in the arena probably suits him. He often gets distracted by people, like needlessly distracted by people fiddling on their phones in the crowd or whatever. He's almost looking for excuses to be distracted from the game. So they're taken away from him now, so he's playing better than ever. What did you make of it, Kleena? Well, this is a man who once refused to uh, 
to uh, have a perfect break. He, he missed. He deliberately took a pink because there was only ten grand going for it. And he said it wasn't worth enough. You know that they they weren't making giving them enough money for it. So he's known for these kind of comments. But as sports journalists, um, we love people like Ronnie O'Sullivan. And, and I mean, his point is that you know he's playing Mark Williams, a 45-year-old. He's a 44-year-old. But you could ask this question in lots of sports. I think look at men's tennis, even women's tennis, for example, at the moment. You know why 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 is nobody breaking um, you know the big hold that some of the older players have on it uh, mm. but it's certainly you know you can't call snooker uh, boring and you certainly probably can't call golf boring after the weekend either but do you see the same problem across other sports I think there. Well, I think I think um, tennis is a, is a big example of it at the moment. Yeah, where you seem to have the same people winning, you know, the big grand slams, and and the really the young talent hasn't come through in either men's or women's tennis. And you'd say, why not? Why are they not able to beat these players? You know, so yeah, maybe the players it, should it, use an ar- lose an arm and a leg, and they'll still be playing better, <laughs> according to Ronnie. Well, look, we'll have to leave it there. But thank you so much uh, for joining me this morning. That's sports journalist Cleena Foley and Gavin Cooney, who is reporter with the Forty Two and presenter of Behind the Lines podcast.